everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 158. We talk about the magic of HubSpot snippets. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and features and strategies for growing your sales and marketing results. We hope you enjoy this podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. With me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, look, I'm just great. And you know that vanilla espresso tonight? Wow, that's perked me up. I know. Thank you, Nespresso. Yes. Now, in this episode, we're going to chat about HubSpot snippets and how they can help you systemize a whole bunch of processes in your business, especially for sales, plus scheduling HubSpot pop-up forms, which is new. All right. On to our inbound thought of the week, Craig. Your good wife, Michelle, has a book for introverts titled How to Be an Introvert in an Extrovert World, and it is now a finalist in two book awards. Yeah, so I think we've mentioned this many months ago, maybe last year when it first came out. Yes. Uh, So my wife's written a number of books now, and this is one for introverts. If you're an introvert like me, and you might think listening to the show, oh, Craig's not an introvert, he's so opinionated and yabbers on all the time. But I'm actually quite introverted, which is why you see me hiding up the back at user groups and not really socialising. I'm socially pretty inept. But anyway, that aside, you might be thinking, well, that's like me. Well, that's like you, right? So if you're introverted, this book is actually really good for understanding your personality traits. And the other thing is if you look at people like me and go, wow, what a weirdo, this book will help you understand people like me and other introverts because quite often we find in families someone's quite extroverted then there's other people that are introverted and it's like, what's wrong with those introverted people? Yes. What's going wrong with them? Now, why are we mentioning that? Well, one, it's my wife's book, so I'm really... I like it. It's a great book, by the way. It is a very good book. Yeah, five-star ratings and things. So it's actually been well-reviewed. But there's actually quite a lot of introverts around. Yes, And at the user group and conferences, they really struggle. And so uh, we've talked about this over the years. So anyway, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my wife's book. And I think it would be really helpful for a lot of people. You know, Damesh. Yes. Damesh, I'm sure he'd like this book. Damesh, if you're listening... We can send you a copy. Well, actually, I've sent you a copy, Damesh, last year. In fact, I sent you two copies, and they're probably caught in the mailroom somewhere, and they, you know, got blocked by security and never made it to you. But, um, yeah, look, if you're interested, just let me know. I'll send you another copy. All right. And, Craig, we've been upgrading our HubShots brand, and we're moving everything. So, like we say, tested measure. I've been testing and measuring these new podcast covers so to speak on facebook and instagram it's been quite an interesting journey because i thought okay let's try this what i like might not resonate with others and there might be reasons i'm no color consultant or graphic designer again it's really interesting what we found out and what we've come up with and how that resonates with people so just a little story about how we are testing and measuring yeah and thanks people for your feedback on that and thank you ian for forcing us to do this and upgrading the look of our podcast cover now folks i'll just tell you if you haven't seen it it's got our faces on it which was quite uncomfortable for me because you know i like to hide behind you know the cover and things like that but yeah our faces are out there putting ourselves out there we are pushing out of my comfort zone so there you have it all right onto our hubstop marketing feature of the week craig and this is about one of our favorite items. Yeah, the day they changed the name from lead forms to pop-up forms, oh, that was a sad day. But um, HubSpot pop-up forms, they've added a scheduling option. I don't think this is in all versions. I think it's pro and above. So unfortunately, I don't think you get it in starter or free. But you can now schedule when your pop-ups 
will show and then stop. So it's great for time-limited campaigns or maybe you've got an event coming up, you just have a pop-up to promote the event and then it'll turn itself off automatically. Fantastic. Yeah, and what I love about it, it's not just the date, it's actually a particular time. One thing to be aware of, make sure you actually set up your time zone settings in your portal correctly. Oh, wow. We should have put include that last week in our top mistakes where That's people don't right. set their time zone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So do that because this will obviously drive off that when it comes to turning it off. All right. Onto our HubSpot sales feature, Craig. And this is what you flagged right at the start, snippets. <clears throat> so tell us well, first what are snippets and then how have you used it? Right. So snippets, let me explain it, is a piece of text that you would often use that you can access in HubSpot and in Gmail, for example, if you do a hash. So in this example, I put something to do with uh, creating a SAP record in one of our customer systems. And so I just put hash SAP was the snippet code and it'll bring up the snippet. So one of the things we did was I actually realized while training somebody in sales that they actually have to send an email off to get a SAP account created and they have to include all of this data with this deal that's happening. So I was thinking, hang on, they're sending this email off to somebody else, then it's kind of outside of HubSpot, not related to a contact record. I thought, oh, what if we could do this all in the same place? So I said, well, why don't you create a task, assign it to that person, And then you'll be able to see whether it's done. And then not only that, that person will get notified. They've all got all the contact details readily available. And then they said, oh, look, I want to put the ABN, which is like the company registration number. So I said, okay, have we, have you actually put that into the contact record? I discovered that wasn't, it wasn't there. So I created a custom property in the company record to collect the ABN. And there were a few other things that we could need to collect. So we've created that. And then I use that information in the snippet to be pulled in so that when they're creating a task that needs to be sent to this particular person to create the account, when they invoke the snippet, all of the custom properties will get pulled into that task body so that they don't have to actually go and cut and paste or look in other systems to find that out. And that's how I use this in this scenario to help the sales process. I think this is so good. Firstly, one thing I love about snippets, you can combine contact and company tokens. And even in- deal tokens. Oh, really? I think so. so yes. I'd like to see that. Well, which deal would it pull from if you're against the contact? Yes. I guess it would if there was only one deal. Correct. Yeah, but if there were multiple, if there multiple deals, multiple, I want to have that work. But in any case, you can pull contact and company tokens to push into the task at that time. Now, that's one thing I really like. So it's not only the time saving. This has forced a process where all the information is in HubSpot now. You added that ABN field. And two, the big problem with cut and paste and copying this over into an email that then gets lost. Well, first of all, it can't track it. But two, someone always copies the ABN and misses a digit. Correct. Or they didn't, don't quite get it quite right. Oh, there's phone numbers missing. And then that kind of thing. Yes. Whereas it's just all there. So it's not only saved time, it's removed the chance of errors as well. So this Correct. is a great tip. I'm going to put this in place with all my clients now. Fantastic. All right. On to our HubSpot Gotcha of the Week, Craig. All right, shifting gears into social here, I'm going to just set the scene. There's a few different tools in HubSpot, so it's HubSpot Social. Yes. You can tell on a post how many clicks it got. Correct. You get that interaction or that engagement results. On a contact timeline, you can see how they arrived. Let's say they first become became a contact. From a social. How did they come to your site? Yeah, and you can see, oh, they came from LinkedIn or they came from Facebook or whatever. And there are some stats around how many things they've clicked 
but there's nothing that allows you to pull it together. So on the timeline, you can't see this person came to the site via this post or they came back from this post on social. That would be a great feature to have. We had a client that's asking about this. They want exactly this so that they can see in the timeline. It's not there. I'm calling it a bit of a gotcha because it seems like all the bits are there. They've got stuff in social on one hand and they've got other kind of the um, original source drilled down on contact, but they can't quite pull it together. Now, I don't know if that's a HubSpot limitation or whether it's actually the social channels themselves withholding that. But in any case, there is a voted up forum idea. I'd love to see that fixed and just kind of close the loop on that whole social integration or interaction on a contact timeline. So anyway, that's the gotcha of the week and the request of the week. Please go and vote that up if you think that'll be useful. That's right. And there's a link in the show notes to do that. All right, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig, using Google search operators. Now, do you know what a Google search operator is, Ian? Yes, I do, Craig. Yeah, which one do you use the most? I probably use the Plus. I use Plus. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the site operator because that's quite often. Well, what's the opposite? Yeah, sorry, the site. I do use the site operator, but I also use the... Use Plus. Do you use the Minus? And not that often. And I see the example that you've given is actually yeah. minus. Okay. So for people listening who don't know, search operators, when you're doing a Google search, you can use certain symbols and yes. words and that to qualify or filter down your search results. So we've got an example here where you might search for HubSpot podcast, but you don't want to see the results from HubSpot.com. So you just put a minus HubSpot.com and you can see that in the example. Anyway, we've linked off to an article on Built Visible site, which takes you through a whole bunch of of different site operators. So go and read those. Even if you don't remember them all, you'll kind of be blown away by how many there are and what you can do on Google. And it it then goes on to say how you can basically do a technical audit on your site using Google site operators. Well, that's exactly right. So I know often when people say, oh, look, my site can't be found, not getting any traffic. One of the very first things I do when I'm sitting with people, I'll do in the Google search bar, I'll type in site and I'll stick in their whole website address. And then I'll know how many pages are in the Google index. Now, if you do that and you see no results found, well, then your site definitely is not indexed by Google. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's a problem. Yeah. So the site operator is, as you just said, site, S-I-T-E, colon, then your domain name, capshots.com, for example. You'll see all the pages Google has indexed for that domain. All right. On to our insight of the week, Craig. Now, this is about Google. They've just had their Google Marketing Live 2019. They basically rolled out a whole bunch of new things. Some some things are, are already live. Some things are coming out. And they really talked a lot about what's driving change and what they're seeing. There were some really interesting stats. It was a long, long session. I can't believe you got up at 2am to watch this. Yeah, I did. I'm impressed. I fell asleep through that. Oh, did you? Right, okay. But I remember bits of it. Anyway, like there's some really interesting stats. Like one of the stats when we were just um, skimming through it together was on YouTube, the number of logged in users daily, I think. No, it was monthly. Oh, monthly. It was... Two billion. billion. I was like, what? With a B, folks. That's right. Two billion logged in users. So just think about that, right? They have the ability to know all the people that are and what they're watching, how long they're watching. And even what was the amount of time people were watching stuff? I think it was like one billion hours per month watched. Correct. It was something huge, Something insane, yeah. And just think about it. And And I think I've spoken about this before, is that you look at children's behavior 
you know what? They don't go to the TV. Their first port of call, if they're going to watch something, is actually YouTube. And it's a whole shift in the way they consume content and what they see as entertainment and TV. I wanted to highlight there are some great stats. They've announced what's coming there. Well, no, the reason that you mentioned the YouTube thing was because that plays into the advertising, basically ad inventory that they've got in all these new ad formats. By the way, it's a better ad experience for everyone. Did you know that? It's all about the ad experience. Like, do you know what the ad experience on your mobile phone is? No organic results. (laughs) It's like, it's all pay, 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 paid. Oh yeah. That's a great ad experience. Great experience. Now, if you're a business and you want to get in front of people, this is actually a Great way to get in front of people. Imagine someone said, oh, we want to rank on mobile, organic rank. It's like, yeah. good luck. Yeah, because, exactly. Wow. Well, how about that new ad format that they've got where you can actually have carousel images in the ad? So it's a search ad with four to eight carousel images, which if, if you see a picture of it, you'll be like, that's half to three quarters of the mobile screen. Just take it up with that yes, ad. That's right. We're, we're looking at it and we're both going... Wow, that's terrible. There's no organic. We'd better get on to this straight away. (laughs) I know. This in place for our clients. My goodness. uh, Yeah, I very excitedly went into Google Ads to try and implement it, and then I read the fine print available midway through this year. Yeah, and um, they'll roll it out in the US first, but yeah. Look, there was one interesting slide, and I put a picture of it, and we'll share it on social. It says, Google understands intent, so you can anticipate intent. And this is a lot around how they're dealing with audiences and what they know about people in their buying cycles and how they're buying and understanding how to give them what they need at the right time. There was a really interesting quote you picked up out of that, which you want to actually talk about. So So I'll put a bit of context behind this. One of the things they were talking about is the ability to write ads, edit ads from the mobile app, which is something that you can't do currently. And that's what they're rolling out. But here's a little important quote that you read. So they're talking about, yeah, being able to create campaigns in the app. Yes. Okay, they said, imagine you're en route to a client meeting across town in a taxi cab, not Uber, mind you, in a taxi cab, but need to launch a last-minute holiday campaign. Like, yeah, imagine, like... Is that a use case you found yourself in, Ian? Anyway, apparently the feedback says that's a use case. Google's Android and iOS app now lets you write the search copy, optimize the headline, place bids, and set budget constraints from your smartphone. Well, thank goodness I've been hanging out. And we've been hanging out for this, haven't we? Oh, my goodness. You know how people are multi-device at home watching the TV on their phone? They're not going to be watching YouTube. They're going to be on there writing their headlines on their ads. Correct. So there's a whole bunch of different things that have happened. Well, there's um, the Discover feed. Is that yes, the one? Yes, there's Discover feed, but there's optimizations for seasonality. Oh, right, yes. Which yes. is the other thing. So just explain that seasonality. You gave me a good example of this. Yes, before. an example is let's say in your store you, you sell T-shirts, shorts, jackets for winter. Seasonality is that we're heading into winter now in Australia. So not many people will be buying T-shirts. More people will be buying jumpers and jackets. So it would adjust the bidding accordingly for that seasonality to go, okay, well, we don't actually need to bid much for T-shirts. We actually need to increase bidding for jackets and jumpers. Another one of the optimizations was around campaign spend across multiple campaigns. Yes. One of the examples they had, they said, imagine you're spending $91,000 a month on search campaigns across 100 different search campaigns. Yes. I'm like, yeah, imagine I was, how many companies are spending ninety-one grand a month? 
Well, there's probably heaps, billion dollar company. But yeah, I wonder if they're really targeting the higher end of town. Anyway, that is a big thing to manage. I mean, I don't think um, we've managed accounts that big, but certainly 10, 20, 30 campaigns running at once. You've got budgets. And before we used to do that, um, you know, shared budget. Yes. We quite often do that. Correct. Anyway, now they've got tools for sharing it intelligently because otherwise you'd have, if when with shared budgets, you'd have one run away and spend Correct. all your budget on one search yes. campaign because it did well. And then the others were kind of um, Starved. left staffed. Yes, that's right. So much more AI and smarts around how they allocate campaigns. So I think that's going to be really good. They're just going to write themselves, aren't they? You won't need the smartphone app. It'll write itself. Correct. Just press a button, spend, yeah, and that, spend and my so, money. So talking about that, there are what they call local campaigns for local businesses to drive foot traffic in stores. And a lot of that is write itself. Give it some headlines. Give it give it your website. Give it your store address. And it'll do the rest. So, Here you are, Google. Here's a blank check. Just spend my money. That's right. See fit. All right, on to our podcast of the week, Craig. Just a quick shout out to the Hubcast. We haven't mentioned them for a while, but I've been listening to them lately. I'm really enjoying it, actually. Big fan of Karina Duffy and Marcus Sheeran. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really enjoying it. So, folks, if you're not listening to that, yeah, time to tune in again. Really good. And our resource of the week, Craig? Oh, look, there's, you know, Laura Mipsum. And yes. there's been those Laura Mipsum generators and things like that. This one, you give it a topic. So you could put in. Just give me some dummy text about podcasting, for yes. example. So when you're doing those site mock-ups, instead yep. of putting Laura some text, you can actually have relevant text. I think it pulls it from Wikipedia and munges it together. So That's cool. Fun little resource to use. And our quote of the week, Craig, quote on advertising. thought this was uh, appropriate in light of Google. That's right. Don't tell me how you make it. Tell me how good it makes me when I use it. And that's by Leo Burnett. Yeah, from Leo Burnett, famous uh, advertiser from, well, probably 40s, 50s and 60s. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, just talking about the fact that good advertising, yeah, is how you make someone else feel good. Well, we'd love you to leave feedback on Apple Podcasts. Even leave us a rating. Don't need oh, to need, write anything. Yeah, just, just give us a rating. I was, I was so pleased when I saw that. We've got all these five-star ratings. Thank you, folks. Yes, um, thank you very we, much. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we're always uh, happy to get more. That's right. Any feedback, please hit us up through the website, through Facebook, through Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and we hope you all have a great week. And until next episode, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.